Be seated. Yes. How's everybody feeling this morning? Good. Good. You guys have seen the teen-led worship this morning, and I am not a teenager, as you can see as well. I like to think that I act like one. I'm a little immature. Kind of makes me the uh, title fit well. Um, it's the third banquet tonight that Sarah and I, my wife, have been blessed enough to put, help put on. And it gets harder and harder every year. Because harder in the way you're not so much planning, but because they spend more time with these kids and teaching them and, and growing with them about purpose, you know, regret. You share stories of redemption and you share tears with them and talk about purpose. And you, you grow these relationships with them. And for Sarah, it started back when she was a preschool teacher over at ICANN. And she remembers Jake and Jackson hanging out and being Jake and Jackson, if you all know them, as kids. They were inseparable from the beginning, and they are still friends today. And it's, it's pretty awesome to see them grow and mature in Christ. And um, it's nice to see everybody grow up. And then at, um, at the banquet tonight, I put together a slideshow for each kid. And I asked the parents to give me 30 to 40 pictures from baby to now. And then I asked the kids to give me a song to play along with it. And sometimes it fits, and sometimes it really doesn't. But it's, it's fun to see the kids choose the song for the pictures. And when it does go along with it, 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 really, it really tugs at your heart. And um, Sarah called me a couple weeks ago and on her way home from work. And she asked me what I was doing. And I said, well, definitely not crying at the kids' slideshows right now. So I, I apologize ahead of time. This message is going to be emotionally tough for me at some points because um, these kids mean a lot to me. And uh, I may take a pause, and you may see a grown man cry up here on stage today. Just so you know. Um, it's just awesome to see that these kids come into our lives, and they teach us about God's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, the second one? Gentleness and self-control. Thank you. I know I was going to have somebody talk to me this morning. Yes. All right. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Yes. And a lot of what I'm going to be talking about is going to be directed towards the young, younger crowd. But please, older crowd, please stick around because you will get something out of this message. I promise. You know, I try to keep my eyes and ears open to, uh, a lot of the time to be responsive to the Holy Spirit and what uh, He tells me to do and what He directs me towards. And there's a song by a band called Mercy Me. It's called Dear Younger Me. And it's a very powerful song. Um, the lyrics talk about a man who's writing a letter to his younger self. And some of the words really resonated with me when I was preparing this lesson a few weeks ago. Um, you know, God has given me an awesome opportunity to share my faith story with the next generation to help them be equipped so they can do the same thing. And let me tell you, this next generation is on fire for God. They love God and they love His people. It's, they understand the magnitude of God sending His Son to be sacrificed for us. And they know that without Him, this world would be, would be lost. You know, we celebrated Easter a couple weeks ago, and it got me thinking about what the people then thought about. I wonder if they thought, okay, well now what? I'm sure that's a question that some of the graduates have thought of recently, and it could be that somebody else is thinking about that as well today. Wonder what we're going to do now. Now what? So I want to take time this morning to encourage all of us to be open to what these young men and women have to say about God, His church, and His people. And if you want to follow along this morning, I'm going to be in Acts 15. 
And for those fellow Bible nerds, it's the Jerusalem Council is what we call that. And it tells us a story of the first decision that the early church had to make of a problem that rose, that came up. So this, most of my research found that this time was about the late 40s, the early 50s A.D. So this is some time after Jesus has been ascended up to heaven. And it's around 14 years after Paul encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus. Now Acts 15 is located in the middle in between two sections of Acts, between two sections of history. First section is the apostles' journey and they start the beginning of the church. They get to the... Jerusalem Council, and then after this is Paul and his missionary journeys. So there's two sections of Acts, and here we are right in the middle. So this council met because of some teachings that some churches were hearing, and they were preaching among the Gentile believers. So they were being told, in order to be saved, that they had to obey the law of Moses, and they had to be circumcised. Now at the time, there were some Jews from the sect of the Pharisees that were converted to Jesus' followers that they were these group of people they were saying hey you need to obey the law of Moses so that was a pretty big deal for them now the Gentiles at the church in Antioch who had heard the word of God and about his saving grace Jesus were hearing this that without this one thing they couldn't be saved so if you go on in verse 2 of uh, Acts 15 the Bible tells us that this brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them so Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some believers, to go to Jerusalem and see the apostles and elders about this question. Now, I always find this verse fascinating because you can learn so much from just this one verse. It says there was a sharp dispute and debate about this one subject, and then they appointed some people to go talk to uh, the elders and apostles. So this shows me that there were opportunities for dialogue, which is something that we can learn from because nowadays it seems like Everybody just wants to get their opinion out there, and it doesn't really matter what anybody else's is. They don't want to discuss. They don't want to dialogue. It's more of a monologue. I know it's ironic that I'm up here speaking, too. But sometimes, it's, sometimes it's easy to do that. You just put your opinion out there, and then it doesn't really matter what anybody else's is. Now, I encourage the seniors to have these tough conversations, debates, as you mature in life and Christ. Because with proper dialogue comes understanding. With understanding comes love. And the church also knew where to look for guidance on this topic. The apostles and elders in Jerusalem. They knew that the subject was a matter of salvation. And they were taught obedience to God. And they knew to be obedient to the apostles and elders that were appointed. You know, as should all of us here today. Now, we don't have apostles to go to for guidance anymore. But we do have elders appointed here at Heartland. And we have five spirit-filled men who have taken on this difficult task. Because they want heaven to be filled with as many people as possible. They want to make sure that their flock is doing what God wants them so they can help spend eternity with as many people as possible. I can only imagine the weight that that title holds with God on their shoulders and with us. We must have faith that these men are doing what God's will is here at Heartland. We must be like the believers in Antioch. When something important comes up and we discuss it, we must be obedient to the decision that is being made. It says in verse 4 that when they got to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, to whom they reported everything God had done through them. 
after the welcome and testimonies of what God had done and was doing in their lives, some believers of the Pharisees stood up and got right to the point. They said, okay, glad you're here. We've got to talk about something. Verse 5 says, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. It says that the apostles and elders met to consider this question. Then after some dialogue, Peter stands up and tells them about a life experience he had taught that uh, he had that taught him the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It says, Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. Now this yoke that Peter's talking about here, the uh, ceremonial laws set out by God for the Israelites, which include the ceremonies of regaining good favor from God through sacrifices, festivals, things of that nature. And this experience that Peter's talking about, there's some about the time where he met Cornelius back in Acts chapter 10. And he saw the Holy Spirit poured out an entire family of Gentiles. And Peter says in Acts 10.47, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So this life experience that God planned out for Peter made Peter shift his thinking on a particular subject. Before this experience in Acts 10, Peter wouldn't even eat or associate with Gentiles. Because that's what Jews did at the time. That was the custom. Our life experiences with God's people should be a constant reminder of the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage the older crowd to have open dialogue with the younger crowd and work together to help grow God's kingdom outside these walls and inside. You know, I have the awesome job of being a youth minister and I get to listen to what is on these young people's hearts and minds. Church, let me tell you, it's love. It's love for God. Love for other people. They want to help spread the gospel because they know the importance of having a Savior. After Peter's speech, the whole assembly goes silent. And Barnabas and Paul start telling their life experiences about the work that God is doing through them as they go around preaching to the Gentile people. And then James, Jesus' brother, who's the leader of the church in Jerusalem at the time, stands up and speaks next. His brothers, listen to me. Simon, which is Peter's uh, Jewish name, has described to us how God first intervened to choose a people for his name from the Gentiles. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this, as it is written. After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord who does these things, things known from long ago. And James makes a statement here. He says, It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For the law of Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and it is read in the synagogues on every Sabbath. So James quotes the prophet Amos in verses 16 through 18 here. And the prophet is talking about the fulfillment of the covenant that God made with Abraham. 
through his family, that all nations through him would be blessed. God had planned a new family, different races, tribes, nations, whatever way you want to call it, everyone, that all his work would be unified to the work on the cross. So the council, as a group, decide to write a letter to the Gentile churches explaining their decision. And that letter is found in verses 23 through 29 of Acts 15. And it states that they have heard some teachings that have troubled believers. And they were sending some men with Paul and Barnabas to confirm, by word of mouth, that what they were sending was, was true. It says in verse 28, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. That was a quick, easy letter, right? Straight to the point. Just boom. Got bullet points. These men had the power of the Holy Spirit to let them to recognize the bigger picture of God's plan. It opened their eyes to show that God doesn't show favoritism to anyone after Jesus was resurrected. That ultimate sacrifice was for the atonement of sins for the entire world. The restrictions they laid out in the letter, I believe, were pretty good ones. Don't eat food that has been sacrificed to idols. We're not supposed to be sacrificing idols anyway. From blood. I'm going to get me started on that. I'm sure there's a few people in here that just kind of... But from the meat of strangled animals, from sexual immorality. It goes back to say that the ceremonial laws no longer need to apply, but the moral laws still apply. I think we could all agree on some of that this morning, right? Now, this council was a big thing at that time, and it's still a big thing today. Because there were certain people that didn't want the Gentile believers coming into church, unless they did this. Now, as the younger generation move up into positions of leadership, not only in the world, but in church, we cannot and should not be closed-minded to what ideas and talents they have to offer. We should offer a place where dialogue is welcomed to work through any struggles that we are having. Younger crowd, you are not alone in your struggles. There is somebody in a seat not too far from you that has gone through a very similar or an exact situation that you may be going through right now. What am I going to do now? What does God have in store for me? Please remember that God never gives up on His promises. Our class on Sunday over at the Teen House has been uh, surveying the Bible. We're going through each book of the Bible and we're peeling it away and getting down to the depth of it. We get to learn the story of God's people and how we fit into it. And we learned in Genesis 12 that God promised Abraham that all peoples on earth will be blessed through him. And we learned about that promise being fulfilled in the Son of God being crucified on the cross for the sins of all. God promised Abraham something, and he did it. God also promised Noah that he would never flood the earth again to destroy it, and he gave us something that we can still see today that reminds us of that promise. Find in Genesis 9 that God gave us a rainbow in the clouds to remind us and him about that promise. He said, I wish I could tell these seniors that they will avoid troubling times. I really do, but I can't. Us older folks know that. But whenever there's rain in your life, just look up and there'll be a rainbow shining. Shining and telling you that God has not given up on you, and you shouldn't either. 
God sacrificed His only Son so that you don't have to live and feel that way. That is free indeed. You know, I referenced a song earlier called Dear Younger Me. And tonight I want to show you a condensed version of what's going to actually be shown tonight. So, uh, at the banquet. But I want you guys to listen to the lyrics as well as look at the pictures. I'll let you listen and watch. see these young men and women love God, their family, their church family with all their hearts. This is what kicks in. 
<clears throat> the song talks about writing a letter to a younger version of ourselves. And there are some words and phrases that I'm sure hit you like they did me. Do I give some speech about how to get the most out of your life? Or do I go deep and try to change? The choices that you'll make because they're the choices that made me. Even though I love this crazy life, sometimes I wish it was a smoother ride. Dear younger me. You know, whenever Sarah's with me in this song, we listen to the song, I always give her a squeeze on her knee at this part. Because to say that my life was crazy before would be an understatement. It was chaotic to be the, be the best word. And I love the life that we have now. It hasn't been all smooth since. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be here if she didn't love me like Jesus does. Establish relationships with people. People who know Jesus and people who don't. So that your power of God can be seen in everybody. If I knew then what I know now, condemnation would have had no power. My joy and my pain would have never been my worst. If I knew then what I know now, would have not been hard to figure out what I would have changed if I had heard. Younger me, it's not your fault. You were never meant to carry this beyond the cross. I bet the majority of us can relate to this this morning. Some of us have probably personally struggled with worth. You know, just we take that to the cross and we find that Jesus went there for us so we don't have to feel like way. He, ended, he should have ended that when his blood was shed on that cross that day. And these next few lines of the song just seem to jump out at me to tell these seniors. So seniors, please listen. Older crowd, please listen too. Same goes for you. Don't forget these next words. You are holy. You are righteous. You are one of the redeemed. Set apart a brand new heart for you are free indeed. Every mountain, every valley, through each heartache you will see. Every moment brings you closer to who you were meant to be. We have been given the same power that rose Jesus from the grave. The Holy Spirit of God. As you transition into this next phase, don't forget that you are God's child and He cares about you. He doesn't want you to feel alone when you are struggling or celebrating. He's, he's there with you. He's here today smiling upon these accomplishments that you guys have done. Put technology away. Go for a walk. Listen to the wind rustling through the leaves. Listen to birds singing God's song of redemption. Help any and everyone that you can. Kindness is contagious and you need to spread it. These young men and women know how important church is to their lives. Let us not stifle their growth because of barriers we may or may not put up. It can be easy for us older folks to talk about what we know. Let's invite this younger generation into dialogue and learn with them as well as teach them and they can teach us. It's one of the many blessings Sarah and I have counted since we tackled this thing called youth ministry that we are constantly reminded of God's power through these young people. We learn how to love others by watching them interact with a guest. We learn of their talents when we go to their school functions. And we learn their hearts when we hear them pray. It's blessing after blessing comes from these young people. 
So if you want to stand with me real quick, I want to pray for the seniors. After that, we'll sing a song. You would bow with me. Father God, thank you so much for opening our eyes this morning to give us some time to come and worship you and to spend time with your people. God, we love you so much. God, we thank you for the young men and women that has helped this worship service today. God, thank you so much for their hearts and they want to they want to sing to you, they want to talk to you, and they want to pray to you. God, thank you so much. God, please watch over them, keep them safe as the seniors they go out and transition into a new stage of life. And God, may you be with us older crowd as we watch them grow and mature and welcome them into the fold as leaders. Leaders of the church, leaders in in business, leaders in, in any job that they may have. God, thank you so much for giving us these this youth group to learn from, to to watch, to grow with, and to, to cry with, and to commune with. That is such a blessing to, that these young people are in our lives. Well, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to, to be sacrificed so that we can be clean before you. We can come before you without a blemish. God, keep us safe today. And Lord, again, I ask that you bless the seniors and graduating and their families. It's through Jesus' name I pray. Amen.